Welcome to Real Estate Power Talk, hosted by Blake Hawkins and Jessica Holcomb. And our podcast is about all things real estate, retail, investing, marketing, anything that has to do with buying or selling real estate in today's day and age. And we share it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but mostly just our successes. This is a shortcut, folks. This is it. Okay. So today, we're going to be talking about the power of emotions. Ooh, emotions. (laughs) It's deep, deep emotions. (laughs) It's going to get serious, folks. And, you know, mainly we're talking about buyers and sellers. Absolutely. (laughs) Not... Our personal not psychotherapy. No, no, this is no not, psychotherapy. This is not psychotherapy. No, <laughs> this is dollars and cents. But we were talking the other day, and we decided we wanted to talk about this a little bit because um, it does make a difference. You know, um, for people to emotionally connect to a property, they have to feel a certain emotion attachment to it. Mm. You know. And one of the things that we had discussed was that I had a client come in to an open house that, you know, they didn't even have their house on the market. They weren't, they were like, well, we saw this come up. We just wanted to kind of look at it, you know? And so I decided to, um, you know, sell the home to them and get them emotionally attached to it. Right. You know, which is how I was trained when I worked for the builder. Yep. And so I, I looked for the very first thing that we could attach to, you know, to where I could get them to emotionally attach to the home. And so they had two little girls with them. And one of the things they said was, um, we haven't sold our home yet, but we cannot decide if we want to downsize from a two-story to a one-story. So this particular floor plan was pretty unique, and it had a game room in a one-story, which a lot of people didn't really like. They were like, oh, what am I going to do with this extra space? But the family that lived there loved it because their small kids could watch movies in there and while they were watching their shows right around the corner, you know, so it kind of made sense. Right. And so um, once that happened, the client was like, oh, my gosh, that's so true. You know, I could see us living here like that, you know. Um, And then, of course, showing them the bathrooms, sharing how the bathrooms would work for them, the backyard, everything. And so the point is, is that there's so many... There's only so many ways that a home can be built. You know, there's a whole bunch of three store, uh, three bedrooms, four bedrooms, five bedrooms, but there's only so many ways you can build them. They're all almost the same, right? Sure. So when I used to work for the builder, they would train us on how to set up our homes apart um, from all the other homes out there, you know? And so... Um, that being said, you know, you want to try to get somebody emotionally attached to your home that you're like a potential buyer, you know. Um, but when you're going to sell it, you know, like if you're taking a listing, um, you would de- then need your, your owner to emotionally detach from the property. Correct. Which is what you deal with. Right. Yes. So, but for me, you know, if, if the situation, you know, presents itself, then I'm marketing towards, you know, usually certain scenarios that provide motivation. 
right? So if someone's motivated, then the emotional uh, aspect is already kind of there. And usually they're motivated because they need the money, they're about to go on foreclosure, uh, the house is vacant, the tenants aren't paying them rent, or a tired landlord. There's all these emotional, and that's who I want to talk to those people. But there are people that um, you know that probably could sell their house for cash. But aren't, don't you come across people that are emotionally attached to like the stuff that's in the houses? Absolutely. I mean, I you know we do deals where they'll still sign the paperwork to do a deal, but then they still have a hard time letting go emotionally. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is because of memories and families and, and you know, past, you know, holiday events. There's numerous things, right? Yeah. People have all these things that they've that have taken place in the property and they're emotionally attached. They're not attached to the house, they're attached to the memories. Mm-hmm. You know, and so So how do you get them to detach? You keep it simple. You know, here's the thing. I don't want to sit there and go into this long ordeal and, and get into psychotherapist here, you know, <laughs> and when I talk to them, because because that's going to make things more complicated. Hey, listen, you know, um, I, I'm here, you know, we're, I, I, try to, I just try to focus on what I can control. Now, we did have a, a, a deal recently where, you know, and your sister is actually going to do the flip on the property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I know. We're finding my family all kinds of deals. Yeah, and with this with this homeowner, he was a little wishy washy because he had, you know, this connection with the property, and he's like, "Well, you know, I just kind of want to stay here." But here's the thing: it was best for him just to move on, and Mm -hmm. I so I had to be frank with him. You got to know who you're talking to, right? And with him, it was appropriate for me to say to tell him, "Listen, Mister Homeowner, you know, I think it's time to let go." It's time yeah. for new beginnings. Yeah. Let the old be gone. Let the new be new. Yeah. You know, and then once he got connected with a buddy of mine, Rohel, Houston Property Guys, about maybe possibly leasing out a new apartment, mm-hmm. he got excited about the new. Exactly. And so he let the old go. That's my point exactly. So if you ever go on a listing appointment and the seller tells you, I don't want to list my house until I know where I'm going, which is what a lot of sellers say. They all say that. They're all like, oh my gosh, I don't know where I'm going. I can't list my house. What am I going to do? I'm going to be homeless, you know? Mm. And so, um, (laughs) you know, usually I train my team, do not show property to people unless they already have a contract on their property or they have proof of funds because there's no point of them falling in love with a property and not being able to do anything about it. Right, right. So, however, sometimes there are some instances where I know that the seller's best interest is to sell, you know, and I've never, ever, as a rule of thumb, never pushed a seller to sell. You know, like, it's just impossible because you would go through all the work of marketing it, listing it, taking photos, putting it on the market, and then once you bring them off, or they're like, just kidding, I don't want to sell my house. Yeah. And you don't want to go through all that effort and right. then have them back, back out. off. Yeah. yeah. So, so in, in you know, I've just always never, I've never pushed anyone to sell. However, if I know it's in their best interest, then what I want to do is get them focused on where they're moving to where they're going and why and get them really focused in on that instead of focused on the past. Mm. So you, you kind of like, you cast that vision out. Well, I'll show them houses. Yeah. You cast that vision. Look, you can live here. Yeah. And then once they see that there are homes out there that they really like, you know, then they get a little emotionally detached and then 
attached to the new property. Well, and I think that's smart. I mean, you can, you know, in, in life in general, you can either get excited about your future that moves you forward or you can get stuck in the past and just get and get stagnant. And stay stuck. And, and with the guy that, you know, we, we did this deal with on West Houston, he he was having a hard time seeing the bigger picture because he didn't know, like you said, where he was going to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know... He, and that's the, a lot of sellers' biggest fear. Right. And even though the numbers made sense to him, and money-wise, financially, he actually needs the money. Mm-hmm. He needs the money. You know, um, that's that was established from the get-go. He just had a hard time letting go. But then once he saw the vision of a new place, a new apartment, then he has extra cash in his pocket. Mm-hmm. He can go get a nice little loft, mm-hmm. little bachelor pad, <laughs> downtown Houston. You know, he's a single guy. Hey, man, I'm out there doing things. I'm moving. I'm shaking. Is I'm grooving. Is that you want to live in Houston? No, that's not why I want to live in Houston. No. So, no bachelor pads. Um, in, my, in, my, in my apartment, it's an office apartment. I mean, it's literally an office. That's true. You walk in, it's, it looks like an office. It's true. He's got charts, timelines, graphs, whiteboards all over the place. No furniture. That's his art. And a desk. I have a, uh, a work desk. Yeah, and I love it. I, I love my office apartment. So, but anyways, so the guy just had to see the vision. Once he saw the vision, boom, we made an agreement. Done data, yeah. right? And so it goes back to the emotional connection. Emotions is what moves the deal forward. And yeah. uh, there has to be motivation there or there has to be some sort of excitement or or, or something to push people forward. And yeah. um, I think in our situations, we do, um, you know, there's going to be a little bit of different emotions involved with dealing with people. I know for me, a lot of times I'm solving a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a more of a, I mean, we're always solving problems, but sometimes these problems are, a little more urgent, you know? And so if it's an urgent problem that needs to be solved, pre-foreclosure, inherited property, divorce, things like that, then it naturally causes motivation, right? right? Yeah. Well, I I think the same goes to retail though too, because we are also solving problems, you know, and we're either getting sellers detached from their property and attached to a new one. Right. Um, or we're simply getting um, buyers attached to something. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I, I used to, um, you know, I used to do a lot of real estate, right? But um, now I have a team, I'm a broker, so I don't have, a, I'm not involved in a lot of the transactions directly. I still work with my past clients and referrals, but for the most part, my team handles all of the clients. Right. And so sometimes I'll see, I'll have a team member tell me they're showing property to the same client for years, you know, and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, why aren't they attaching to a property yeah. emotionally? You know, like, why is this even happening? And so um, we discussed it in our team meeting one time and I said, you know, we really need you to find out what their real motivation is, you know, because if you don't know what your client's motivation is, whether they're the seller or the buyer, then you're not going to be able to solve the problem that they're wanting to solve, right? Like the motivation is the the puzzle, you know, and then once you find out what that motivation is and really pinpoint it, you can help them, um, you know, put that puzzle. Yeah. And here's the thing. I, you know, I think that's our job as, you know, either a real estate agent or an investor, your job is to help that person identify 
um, their motives, their motivation to do something. And whether you do that with logic or communication or you do that with just kind of pushing them along, I think mm-hmm. that's okay. I mean, I, I, met a, I met with a seller yesterday, a house in Waller, Texas, and I went out there and um, he has a, a tenant in place that's been there for eight years. The guy hasn't paid him rent in three months, two months. Well, isn't that like that deal you just contacted in Tomball too? Like, yeah, so the most recent deals... What's going on with all these tenants not paying rent? Yeah. And then the landlord's just putting up with it. Like, it's so Well, weird. the landlord's putting... These two particular landlords, very nice guys, are putting up with it. Um, just to be frank, they're a little bit elderly, right? They're older guys. Um, uh, super sharp guys are businessmen. They've been in business for a long time. They have a lot of rental properties. But they're at the point where they're just tired, man. Yeah. You know, you can only deal with tenants who don't pay you for so long. Mm-hmm. And so they're at a point now they're going to let some young scrappy dude like myself go in there and kick the guy out. Hey, great. Yeah, he said a part of the deal is you're, you have to kick him out. I got to kick him out. And you know what? Hey, that's awesome, man. I'm looking forward to it. So, <laughs> you know. And you, you're like probably the only person in the world that would look forward to yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> and um, so anyways, so the motivation was there, right? But listen, but here's the thing. I think a lot of people need to understand it's not, it's not always going to be just a layup. Just because someone's motivated doesn't mean they're just going to say, hey, Mr. Agent or Mr. Investor, A, B, C, D. You got to you gotta. You gotta it goes back to asking for the sale, asking mm-hmm. for the deal. And so I go out there. I walk to property. Obviously, the guy's motivated. Shoot, man. He, he lives in Houston. We meet him. Both drove an hour to get up there to yeah. meet the property. Um, we, we look at the tenant. We meet the tenant. The tenant gives us a walk. Um, he's there. He's not paying rent, but he's there. And so anyways, I asked him. I go, Mr. You know, Mr. Homeowner, you know, what are you looking for price-wise? Well, I don't really know. Okay, cool, man. No problem. And then he finally kind of gives me a number. You know, I like to be in the 70s. Okay, that's fine. I told him my number. My number was a little, you know, a little less than that, and um, and you know, he, he didn't go for it. And I had two options. I could just say because he, you know, he was like, "Well, Blake, I really greatly appreciate you coming out. You know, I know we couldn't do, make anything happen today." Now I could have been like, "Oh, he's not motivated." Yeah. He's not motivated. And I could just walked out. No, no, you got to push for the answer. But you know what I said? I was like, "All right, here's the thing. The guy is motivated. His actions are proven that. Let's close this bad boy." So I asked him, I go, Mr. Homeowner, what's your number right now today, 3.30 p.m. on this Friday? Mm -hmm. He told me his number. The number worked. Let's do it. We made a deal. Awesome. So he was already motivated. I think sometimes maybe they are motivated, but but maybe they're not. They need they need a little push, a little prod, little push. And that's human nature. We all need. That's why people get personal trainers. That's why athletes have coaches. Yeah. I don't. You all need to push. Everybody does. You know. That's why you use the fear of loss a little bit. Like if you know that somebody loves a property, for example, and they ask you, "Are is anyone else coming to the open house today or whatever? You could just say, well, I have a lot of interest, you know, which we actually did. Right. We had like more people come in while they were still there, you know. And so that created this energy of like, oh, we better go and call our realtor right now. Otherwise, we might lose this house. It's urgency. That we love. It's critical. And psychology says that people, for some reason, want what they can't have a little bit more. Well, and the, the, reason, so, and the reason why is because people are actually more motivated by fear than, than, than positive. That, right. Seriously. So I mean, if they just, know there's like 10 more cupcakes. That's more motive. Yeah. Then they won't be like, oh, I have to have that last cupcake. You know, like they'll just have one. Yeah. Don't worry and, about and, it. and that's natural. So people are. Unless you have an addiction. Right. But people are naturally <laughs> hardwired 
for that. And, and that's why entrepreneurs are a little bit off the, off the wall because they're more motivated by the reward than the risk. Mm-hmm. You know, but most people are, they, they're more motivated by security and fear, which is, a, which is whatever. So I think, yeah, you're making a good point. You want to, you want to kind of give them, you, not that you're, not that you're manipulating people. You just want to make them aware that they could lose it. Well, they could, they could, they could. And if they really like it, I'm like, you better hurry. Cause there's like four other people. Coming right. So you're house. just, all you're doing is bringing light to the situation. Mm-hmm. Pointing it out. Pointing it out. That's it. Yeah. People need to understand. Yeah. Yeah. So helping people to get emotionally attached to their property. Cause at the end of the day, you nor your client wants to look at a hundred homes. Nobody does. Like nobody wants to, you know? So why would you, I think, um, Okay, so let me backtrack. Why would you want to put yourself through that and your client? Because you are a real estate professional, and it is your job to make it very smooth and very um, nice for the client to make their transition. You know, and so would you be doing your client any favors if every time they see a house, they ask you, "What are your thoughts on this property?" And then you just say, well, I like it just as much as the last one. Mm. You know, you kind of have to help them make a decision, narrow it down, you know. And so I like to have them do a pros and cons list on all of the houses that we look at, you know, and um, and then nothing, you know, gets mixed together. They can kind of clearly see what they liked and what they didn't like about each property. And then at the end of the tour, let's say I'm showing like five or six or seven homes I might ask them, okay, so out of all of these that we just saw, you, a lot of times it's a husband and wife involved, you know, you pick your top three, you pick your top three. And then we see if there's any matches. So like if the husband and the wife picked, you know, a certain property in their top two, I'm going to point that out and be like, well, both of you guys really like this property the most together, you know? So let's look at the pros and cons of this one, you know, because at the end of the day, both parties want to be happy, you know? Um, (laughs) Mm. So then I will ask them, okay, so, you know, what, what type of offer would you like to make on this property? You know, and you're kind of like opening the door of the next step, because if you don't ask, they're not going to, they don't know what the next step is. A lot of times, like they're just going to go home and think about it. But problem is somebody else probably saw that property yesterday and they thought about it last night Mm. and now they could lose this house. So you kind of need to help your clients get on that path of getting emotionally connected, making an offer and committing to the property. Yeah. Creating urgency and, and, and yeah, creating urgency for people for sure. Yeah. I mean, cause more, that's how people are motivated by that and people are motivated by urgency you know, and getting, and you have to create that fear of loss. Like you said, that's, 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 that's true. Absolutely. Yeah. 110%. You know, so have you ever had anybody that was, you know, I mean, out of, out of 10 clients, how many are just motivated, easy, they get it done and it's easy or out of, you know, does that make sense? Like how many, I had one client, I showed her one house and she bought it. That's awesome. Yeah. I literally met her for the first time at the house. She liked it. She bought it. Boom. I love those people. (laughs) Those are awesome people right there. (laughs) I mean, I've had a lot of people where I've only shown them one or two, a handful of homes. But what I like to do is say, you know, hey, do you have any others that you're interested in? And if they don't, I actually set up appointments 
because I would like for them to see the difference so that they can make a decision. Mm. And then you always want to save the best for last. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. So like you you pick the one that's like maybe not going to match as much or whatever and then you show the one the one that you think is going to be the winner, you know, last. And so then they're going to fall in love with that one compared to the other two and then be ready to make a decision. Okay. So you would say out of 10 clients, two are like ready, they make decisions fast and the eight, you have to kind of guide them? I would say nine out of 10 have to be guided. Okay. It's not very common that you have a a client just ready to make a decision like that. Well, and I I think, um, you know, that's, it's similar to even with the investing side. I mean, a lot of times people are like, they're wondering, like, they don't say it, but they're wondering, what's this? What does this look like? What does this process look like? You know, they don't know. They're unsure. Um, and then, even if, if they are motivated, there there's all kind of concerns there. So, I think just going in and 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 setting that timeline, say, hey, listen, I can get this done in X amount of days. I'm ready to do this. I'm looking for, you know, I'm ready to buy the house. Yeah. Uh, I came up. I came here to buy the house. Right. You know, and that's why I told the guy yesterday. I was like, look, I came here to buy the house. Mm-hmm. You know, what? what's the number? What is it? What's your number? What is it? Well, I was always taught to say, what will it take for you to make a decision today? And then you find out what their motivation yeah. is. Well, you the, find out yeah. what the blocks are. Yeah. And it's a little different. I mean, because on, on the investment side, it's it's more money motivated, you know, right. then, you know what I mean? It's, there's, it's, it's a bottom line. Right? right. And so, but, but I think on the retail side and I haven't experienced that yet, but it seems like there's more. There's other there's more a lot variables. More involved. Yeah. There's more variables there. Even for sellers too, you know, yeah. sometimes you have to say to them, what will it take for you to get going? Because they want a list, they're getting ready, and a, a lot of times with sellers, they have packing to do, organizing to do, their home isn't ready yet. Right. You know, they, they're just preparing and stuff like that. So, you know, I will I will usually still send them a listing agreement, but post date the contract or I, there's a part in the contract where it will say, um, you know, seller requests broker to not market the property for so many days because of making repairs, for example. You know, I, and I think another good thing you could do with either buyers or sellers or whatever it is, is, you know, um, I asked a, a potential seller the other day, you know, we had an appointment on a property. It's a divorce. She's, you know, it, it needs about 40,000 repairs. And, you know, I asked her, well, why don't you just do it? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't, why don't you flip the property? And that, that brings up to their awareness, oh, crap, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Or they don't have the finances. Well, they don't have do the it. finances, but then they, they, it makes them very aware that they don't want to do what I do. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I need to sell this. Yeah. Well, most people don't want to deal with a mess. And that's right. why it's still a mess. Yeah, it, well, exactly. And then, I, you know, I, and I don't know if this would work, but maybe for even like if someone's looking, a family's looking for a new home, you know, why, why do you want a new home? Yeah. Why do you want to move? Mm-hmm. It's a fine house. Finding and then, their motivation. And then it's like, oh, crap, well, I kind of want to move because A, B, and C, D. Yeah. You know, and it brings it out of them. Yeah. You know? Well, I just feel like being, as a professional, being aware of the buying and selling emotions of clients will help you catapult your business because Absolutely. you're going to be able to tap in emotionally to your client and understand what they need, where they need to go how they need to make decisions, how they need to realize, oh, this is the perfect dream house for me, you know? So, <laughs> so anyhow, is there anything else you want to add? 
No, I mean, just connect with your people. I mean, and I think the more you just connect with them as, as a person too, um, you're, you're naturally organically going to get the the motivation out a lot easier. But, uh, but if it doesn't go that route, there's a, I mean, just a few simple things, you know, ask them directly. Why do you want to move? Why do you want to buy this new house? Why do you want to sell this property Mm -hmm. that you have a tenant? And it sounds like a dumb question, Mr. Homer, why would you want to sell this property and you got a tenant in place that hasn't paid you in three months. Why do you want to sell? And yeah. they're like, oh, oh, crap, I want to sell because the guy's, you know, a, a, a drunk and he doesn't pay me. Yeah. You know? Okay, well, crap, well, there you go. You know, and the motivation comes out. Now you know. Now you know, and it makes them more aware, you know, and, and, and things like that. And more so. motivated to agree with your price. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, the investor side. Yeah, and just connecting with people and, and, and asking them why they want to actually do the transactions. Why would you even want to do a transaction with me? Mm-hmm. Why would you want me to buy your house? And you kind of put them on the spot, you know, and it makes them. I think everybody wants to sell you their house. They do. I just gotta, I just gotta, gotta meet them, meet them all. <laughs> They're all out there, you know. <laughs> Even the cookie lady. The cookie lady but she did. She must have had something going on. Yeah. To where she needed the money. She, fast. I think so, and and that's a learning lesson for me. My situation is corrected, but but yeah, I think. But you so. know what? We we are gonna that leads us into the next episode. Um, Ooh. Talking about money, money, cash, money, investing in real estate, all the different ways of investing in real estate. You know. Yes. Um, so it'll be a really good podcast to to listen to. Um, we're gonna hash it all out. Yes, we aren't are. We? Yes, we are. Okay. Absolutely. Well, um, we just kind of wanted to chat about emotions and how you can help your buyers attach to properties and sellers detach. Attach and detach. Yes, that's what it's all about. Out with the old, in with the new, exactly. folks. Exactly, and help them along their way. Guide them, teach them, <laughs> lead them. So uh, we do hope you're listening. Um, post your notes on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Real Estate Power Talk. We have an Instagram page. Real Estate Power Talk. Please like, share, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, maybe yeah. even a thumbs down. I, I don't want a thumbs down, but hey, it's a thumbs down at least tells Just us what we're doing. Just let us know you're listening. Let us know you're listening. And leave us a review. Adios.